The movie It's a Wonderful Life has consistently been ranked among one of the top hundred movies of all times, and it has been called one of the most inspirational movies of all time, and probably one of the most popular movies of all time, even though it's not even a Christmas movie, right? I mean, the only reason we see it every Christmas is because it happens to be the setting is at Christmas time in the movie. Now, even if you've never seen the movie, you're probably familiar with one of the phrases in there, every time a bell rings, an angel gets its wings. By the way, that is terrible theology. (laughs) You're not going to find that anywhere in the Bible, okay? Um, And did you know that It's a Wonderful Life was actually not written as a screenplay? It was written as a short story. It was written by a man named Philip Van Dorenstern. And when he wrote it, it was called The Greatest Gift. But he couldn't get any publisher to publish the book, so he ended up self-publishing. And at some point down the road, a very famous director, Frank Capra, read it, purchased the movie rights, and then made the movie in 1946. It starred Jimmy Stewart, who had just returned from serving as a pilot in World War II. Now, that's not part of the plot, he really did serve in the World War II as a pilot. And then the other star was Donna Reed, who many of you know uh, today as a very famous actress, but at that point she was just an up-and-coming star. Now, interestingly enough, the movie was considered a box office flop at the time. Part of that was because of the high production costs. Part of it was because of the stiff competition it faced in 1946 in the theaters. And that made me wonder, what was the number one movie in 1946? You're going to be surprised about this. It was Song of the South, a Disney movie that is now in disgrace for the racism that is portrayed in it. But it earned, and I'm going to put this in today's dollars so that we have some comparison, it earned $750 million in today's money. That was twice as much as the number two movie. Uh, And that's about the equivalent of what Top Gun Maverick has made this year. The number two movie in 1946 was Notorious, which actually is one of my favorite movies. It's starring Cary Grant and Ingrid Bergman, and that earned $370 million in today's dollars, so half as much as the number one movie. And that would be about the same as Jurassic World Dominion made this year. Where does It's a Wonderful Life fall in there? Again, putting it in today's dollars it made about $45 million. And with that amount of money coming in and box office receipts in 2022, it would rank as the number 58th best-selling movie this year. So it didn't do well. Now, it would be easy for me to assume that because it's been on TV almost every year that I can remember, multiple times, that all of you know what the plot is of It's a Wonderful Life. But for the three of you who have never seen the movie... Let me tell you what it's about. George Bailey, he's the star of this movie. He is a good man who consistently puts the needs of others before his own needs, even to the point of giving up his dream uh, to run the family business, which is a building and loan following his father's death. The pivotal point in the movie comes when his uncle, uh, his name is Uncle Billy, accidentally loses $8,000 of the company's money. Now, what makes it worse is that it's right before a bank auditor is coming to audit the books. 
And maybe you're thinking $8,000 for a, a building and loan or a bank or whatever, that's not a lot of money, is it? Again, let me put it in today's dollars. That's $125,000 today. That's a lot of money to lose, right? And if you're looking at the movie, you think, how would anybody roll up $125,000 in a newspaper? (laughs) That doesn't happen. Well, the villain in this movie is Henry Potter, not Harry Potter for those of you that are younger today, okay? Henry Potter is an evil banker who is going to have George thrown into prison Uh, and charged with fraud so that he can close down the competition and he'll have all the business in that small town. George feels that he has left everybody down and he decides that he is worth more to his family dead than alive because of his life insurance policy. And he decides that he's going to commit suicide by jumping off a bridge. Now, you may not be to that point today where you're contemplating suicide. But maybe you're feeling that kind of discouragement. And that's why I titled tonight's message, Is It a Wonderful Life? Because some of you are probably wondering that. Uh, Maybe you feel that kind of discouragement. Things aren't working out the way that you had planned for your life. Uh, Maybe your finances are in a shambles, or, or your marriage is falling apart, or maybe your kids are straying, or maybe it's your health. Maybe your health is degenerating. Or maybe you believe that your life is so insignificant that nobody would even notice if you were no longer around. If someone were to ask you if you have a wonderful life, what would your answer be? Maybe your answer would be, well, yes, as a matter of fact, I do have a wonderful life, and good for you. Maybe you would answer, no, I don't have a wonderful life. Or maybe you just like, I don't know, how do you even know if you're having a wonderful life? So how do we know that? Well, maybe for you it means having a life that's filled with material gain and financial prosperity. Or maybe it's just having a successful career. You had thought all along, this is the kind of uh, career that I want to have, and I'm, I'm moving up that ladder. But all of that can change so quickly. You could lose your job. High inflation can eat away at your, your earning potential. Um, maybe it's mounting debt, and that can feel crushing. Or maybe you think, if I had a life full of adventure, that's what George Bailey wanted. He wanted a life of adventure. Maybe it's taking frequent or luxurious vacations. Now, if that were the case, 2020 shot that down, didn't it, right, with all the travel restrictions? Or maybe it's health. Um, No matter how much, though, you exercise or no matter how much kale you eat, ultimately your health is out of your control. A slip on some black ice, a car accident that you were not at fault at, maybe it's cancer, something you don't, you don't have control over, or a genetic illness or a condition that no amount of exercise or good eating can stop. Maybe for you it's family. Having a wonderful life means having your family close, whether that's geographically close or maybe it's just emotionally close. But you can't control where your adult children live. And you can't control how they respond to you emotionally. With another year about to close, do you wonder, is there something more? 
more that we have yet to experience or discover? Is there something missing that keeps you from calling this life wonderful? Well, as I mentioned earlier, the title of Van Dorenstern's book was not It's a Wonderful Life. It was titled The Greatest Gift. What greatest gift at Christmas could possibly be enough to change your life from far less than wonderful to something amazingly life-altering? At Christmas, we are celebrating the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, our Savior, who promises exactly this, the greatest gift of a wonderful life. Jesus said in John 10.10, my purpose is to give a rich and satisfying life. I think that many of us can relate to that character, George Bailey, in It's a Wonderful Life. At the climax of the story, George looks back at his life as little more than wasted potential. Let me just take a moment to share a few regrets that some famous people have had. I I was just thinking about that this week. You know, famous last words or maybe last words of famous people. And here's one. This is from Winston Churchill. His last words were, I'm bored with it all. Wow. I mean, that guy had an amazing life, right? And he said he was bored with it all. Here's one that's a little bit more modern. Musician Amy Winehouse, who struggled mightily with drugs and alcohol, she said her last words were, I don't want to die. That's kind of haunting, isn't it? Actress Joan Crawford, she was hospitalized and dying, and her nurses came in at in those last moments, and they began to pray for her. And you know what her last words were? Don't you dare ask God to help me. Wow. And then one, um, if you're about my age, you remember the Partridge family growing up? David Cassidy played the, the lead character there. At the end of his life, he said, so much wasted time. That's telling, isn't it? Well, in our movie, George Bailey dreams to become an adventurer, and it's amounted to nothing. While his vision to escape his family's seemingly insignificant small-town traditions and to become significant himself have never materialized. On Christmas Eve, after appraising his life, George honestly believes that, that he himself is insignificant, and he contemplates suicide. Bitter, resentful, and angry, he slumps his head in his hands, and then he prays to God, and he says, Dear Father in heaven, I am not a praying man, but if you're up there, show me the way. Please show me the way. The theme of the movie is the difference that one life can make. Have you ever wondered that question? What would the world be like if Jesus had never been born? What difference would it have made if, if a Bethlehem stable had never served as an emergency maternity ward? Or imagine uh, with me just what one day in your life would be like if Jesus had never been born. And if he hadn't been born, then he never would have died on the cross of Calvary to pay the penalty for our sins against God. And if he had never been born and never died on the cross, and he never would have risen from the grave victorious over sin and death. And therefore, we also would have no victory. 
we would be instead enslaved to sin, found guilty before God, and would spend eternity separated from God, receiving the punishment that we totally deserve for our rebellion against God. Now, let me take you back over my week this last week and tell you what would it have been like if Jesus had never been born. On Monday, a dear woman who had struggled with cancer passed away. If Jesus had never been born, I would have no consolation to offer to the family that their loved one had gone to heaven, which I know for a matter of fact that she did because she had placed her faith and trust in Jesus Christ. I could not give hope about a home in glory because none would be built because Jesus had not been born. If I could not encourage the family members that the Holy Spirit was there to heal their grieving hearts, I wouldn't be able to do that because there would be no Holy Spirit that had been poured out by Jesus after he was raised from the grave. When I came into my office this week to prepare this message, I wouldn't have been able to open my Bible to the New Testament because it would not have been written. And there would be no uh, Christian writings or commentaries for me to look at because there would be no Christians to write them. Taking it a little further, I would not have been born again. So I would not have had the Holy Spirit within me to comfort my own soul. And it would be I would be an empty man here tonight speaking to a room of empty people because it's Jesus that gives reason to our life and meaning to our life. We would not be meeting in a church most likely this afternoon because there wouldn't be any churches because there wouldn't be a Savior. And sadly, I would have nothing to offer you as encouragement in living in this world. And then, I mean, why even bother, right? Because heaven would be unattainable for any of us if Jesus had not been born. It goes without saying that if Jesus had never been born, the eternal salvation of countless souls who have been transformed by the gospel would have never taken place. And think of everyone in this room. Where would you be if Jesus had never been born? But the good news is that Jesus was born. As the angels told the shepherds, don't be afraid. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. Thank God that Jesus, his only begotten son, was born. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, you have given meaning to our lives. We don't have meaning in our lives, and they aren't wonderful because of adventure or finances or family or health or any of these things. Our lives have meaning because Jesus was born and came to earth as, as your Son, the perfect God who put himself in the form of man, a perfect God, a perfect man, who came to pay the penalty for our sins on that cross of Calvary and was raised. There would be no Easter without Christmas, and we would have no hope. Father, thank you for giving us this hope. In Jesus' name, amen.